0: Is brought to you from Planet Dharma. Visit www.planetdharma.com. Okay, so we are finally here. Thank you very much, Doug Duncan and Catherine. Please help me with the pronunciation of your last name. Sure, it's Pawasarat. It's just Pawasarat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that Native American?
2: No, it uh, used to be Germany, and now it's Russia. And oh. people tell me it's not a German name. Beautiful name. Thank you.
1: The so, interesting thing about it is the only place you see it in a phone book is in Thailand, and there's three pages of it. Really? Go yeah, go figure.
0: Not Wouldn't have never considered no. that.
1: No, it's very strange. we don't we're look not, very Thai. We're not sure, but she's fit to be Thai? Thai. <laughs> Old joke, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, still funny. (laughs) So welcome. It's really great to see you both. Obviously, we have met before, and I'm a big fan of Clear Sky and the meditation center there. And I've loved uh, meeting you and working with your sangha. And I am always impressed with the quality of human being that your particular community attracts well, thank you. and and how evolved they are. And I know that's a testament to both of you and the work that you do. Oh, thank so you. Well,
2: thank you. Thank and you very and much. the work that they've they do. done, Yeah, the they
0: absolutely. Do. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a joint effort.
2: It is. So really, really true.
0: we're really excited to talk to you about. Um, Wasteland to Pure Land, your new book, which is a beautiful book, and I think a, a very necessary and timely book. And so I was just curious, in getting started, what made you decide to write this book at this time? And I know what an endeavor it was, so could you mind sharing more about that?
1: Well, well, maybe if Catherine's okay, I'll start. Um, okay. because I I started the book. I I kind of initiated the process, and um, I've I've been I've read a lot of Dharma books, and they're all great. I mean, ninety nine percent of them are fantastic and and wonderful. It's bringing it into new ways of looking at what the teaching is. So we're very much I think in the line with the Namjil tradition, and we're hopefully adding uh, contributing to the mix of making it very modern and very 21st century. And that's the other purpose of the book was to not to, not to throw out or negate the, 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 the previous 20 20 centuries, but but to bring it forward. So I think, I think those are some of the, some of the reasons.
0: So, you know, we're living in such interesting times in the world today and You know, we know that many of us have been spiritual seekers that are, you know, in this space here with us today. And part of our task is to figure out how to have both a spiritual life and how to also be in the world and source and sustain for ourselves financially. And often, as we've spoken about before, this is a, a a true challenge for many spiritual seekers. Is that how do we actually attend to our spiritual needs and maintain a practice, and also have a life and some financial economic well being? And I know personally that these are not separate, but it is a challenge. And and what words of wisdom do you have to impart to our listeners about that today?
1: I'm not sure we have words of wisdom, but maybe. <laughs> <some>. <laughs> you want to start? Well,
2: yeah, for one, I, I would highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, meditation is like so many things that are is that are really essential for our well-being, such as good diet and exercise and fresh air and sleep and um, mm-hmm some kind of recreation time. um, Those things can really get on the chopping block when we feel busy and we feel like, Oh, I, I don't have time for that.
1: Right. And
2: I think what has worked best for me is when I prioritize those things, that's actually what makes the rest of my life go well. That's what makes me good at the business side of things. That's what helps me to more skillful at at generating revenue. So I I would encourage people to prioritize uh, uh, spiritual practice, whatever that looks like to you, and and those other things, taking care of yourself, self-care. and It may just be a little bit every day, and that's okay, like a little bit every day is way better than not today, oops, not today either, not today either
1: it kind of accumulates, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, uh,
2: yeah, very much a little bit every day can make a huge difference.
0: Sure. And that's maybe part of the problem is that people will often say, I just don't have enough time. Mm -hmm. Right. And everybody's moving at such a fast pace and there are so many demands on our everyday life. Um, how much is enough time? Yeah. That becomes,
1: yeah, Yeah. definitely, definitely true. Deborah. Um, I think, a large, a large part of it is the way we earn our our livings, and um, you know, I, I look at the Duke of Bores or the Hutterites or the Amish or, or who am I missing? Mennonites. The Mennonites, and they buy one tractor and one combine for twenty or thirty people, so right. their capital outlay is one thirtieth. They work together, <clears throat> so I think part of the problem with the capitalist system. I mean, there's a lot of good about it, but one of the problems of the capitalist system is it divides and conquers. So people become employees or slaves in a system that they have okay. to run to keep up to. So this is uh, maybe a kind of sideways to the spiritual uh, focus of the question, mm-hmm. but from a from an economic social side of the question, I think we have to live together <coughs> in communities or groups of like-minded people who work together, share resources, share responsibilities, share duties, share child rearing, um, um, share costs, uh, and then, uh, you know, if, if one of the reasons they said takes two is easier to make dinner than one because one can cook and one can wash. Right. So If you have 10 people, you have one cooking and one washing and you got eight days to do something else. So I think that living in a nuclear family is is part of the problem. I think also everybody having their own car, or their own independent standing house rather than some uh, co-housing. co-housing of some kind where you still have your privacy and your independence but you're not needing lawn mowers in every yard or cars in every right. driveway. And so I think the way we organize as people and the way we work as people has been developed from agriculture 10,000 years ago. And without going into that in too much detail, because we're gonna talk about that in in our webinar, our course, online course, and Joy of Sex and Relationships next starting Monday. And yeah, I
0: wanna hear about that too.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, so I think that's a large part of it. Is is we need to create lifestyles where time uh, we get time back for people. Somebody said recently that the more closely we measure time, the less we have of it. And uh, I, think I think that's very in, true. In in days past, you 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 had you didn't have you had the same work, but you didn't you had a lot of time, so that would give you more time for practice as well. So that's that's one throw at the dice on that one.
0: So what do you think about this idea that, you know, we live in a world where many governments will say, you know, you have to be to be a responsible citizen and to help keep the economy going, you have to go out and buy stuff, right? Which, of course, feeds into the more hedonic treadmill stuff that the human species has a propensity for, you know, good old wired for desire part of the brain that, just wants to keep us entrapped in having more, 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 as opposed to being more. And how is it that you recommend that people begin to move away from that and and create a life more in keeping with being rather than having?
2: Ooh, I love that question. Mm, That's a great
1: question, Deborah.
2: I think (laughs) as consumers, we are, we are consumers. We do need to Buy things sometimes, and I I love buying things that I believe in. I love buying things that are well made. I love buying things that I know the person is being paid a fair wage. I love things that are maybe preserving a, a certain kind of tradition or skill. And I also know that I, I not everything I can buy can be in that in those categories. And and so I also like to cut myself some slack when I just have right. to get something quickly, you know, then, it, then it's okay. Cause I know I do try to, um, support the makers and, and what they're making when I can. Sure. And then I'm not just consuming, I'm actually, um, supporting culture that way. That's right. What's your take on that question?
1: Then, Well, again, I, I, I seem to be in a, uh, Left turn kind of mood today, Deborah. Um, <laughs> it's I, gonna, all good.
2: You're always in a left turn.
1: It's all good, of. Sensei. Aren't I, aren't I sometimes in a right turn? Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go left turn on this and say, fundamentally, if you have 7 billion people and you have mm-hmm. to feed 7 billion people and the way you make money to feed 7 billion people is to produce stuff that 7 billion people are going to consume. Imagine what happens if we have 3 billion people. That's right. We need a lot less things made to make a lot less consumption. So I think uh setting a global standard for population size would be a good first step. I know that's going to step on a lot of toes. Um and then the second part again is 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 how you spend your time. So if you're if you're coming home from work and you've had a hard day and it's just you and the wife or whatever you and the husband and you know each other so well that you don't have a whole lot to say to each other, you know, you you know each other's lives pretty good. Um, so you go to entertainment, so you go to Netflix or something and nothing against Netflix, Catherine and I quite enjoy it, but we don't have TV out here where we are. We have, uh, we have, uh, access, but we don't watch it. So, um, we have once a week, we have what we call, um, fun night and, uh, yeah. and fun night here can be singing karaoke. It can be picking apples in the orchard. It can be playing a game. It can be going to town to see a movie it can be what else do we playing, music. playing music uh mm-hmm. and so you kind of get that time together with people that isn't so consumption based, and seems I think nine times out of ten or eight times out of ten is actually you feel more refreshed after right. that revitalized. than revitalized than some of the things we normally spend our times doing in the city, running out to the bar, having a drink, watching the football game, exactly. and who won? I can't remember. Yeah, so I, mean, I think again we come back full circle to the result of the lifestyle of the modern life which is divide and separate and and then we keep, need
2: keep vulnerable
1: yeah we need right. bread and circuses to keep it going yeah and, and I think so quite afraid to give it up because they don't they don't see where they have an alternative like today you know right. you can't just go out and join any old community tomorrow
0: exactly <laughs> Well, and isn't that one of our greatest, yeah. greatest most fundamental needs community. is to actually be in community yeah. and that that's where so much of our fulfillment really yeah. is derived.
2: Yeah.
0: And yet we don't have enough time for that these days. So isn't that yeah. part of the wasteland part of your yeah. book too, just that yeah. how we get entrapped in these lifestyles.
1: Yeah. And we're not prepared for it. We're raised as nuclear people where I had my own bedroom and and so when you start to put people in community, not only they may want it and they may love it, but nobody's prepared to do it.
2: And, right. and we include ourselves. And we include
1: ourselves in that. That
2: was way. a big shock to us when we mm-hmm. started
1: yeah.
2: Clear Sky, is we realized that we didn't know how to be in community together. And it it, it was a real challenge for us to, mm-hmm. one, to admit that and right. you know not just keep blaming the other people,
0: right? It was about them. They were hard to live with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're so difficult.
2: <laughs> Funny they were saying the same thing about me.
0: Um, yeah, but to
2: admit that we didn't know how and to just, okay, we're going to have to figure it out and, and learn. And um, it, yeah, it's been great. And now we get to share that with with people who come. Yeah, absolutely. And that's more, that's the Pure Land. That's the journey from the wasteland yeah, to the Pure Land.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and I just want to. And the th- okay. sorry, the thing is, is that the, the people that you're in community with, aren't necessarily the people that you like the most. No, they're not your best they you friends. Exactly. They're the people to be who in community with: Yeah, they're the people that have the similar vision or the similar sense of direction and the similar values and, and mm-hmm. way of seeing the world. And so while you, they may not be the people who you'd choose from a nuclear family point of view as being your best friends, they're definitely the people who you can work with the best and spend the most time with because they're sharing that same vision so we're big right, on right. personal vision and we're big on on community vision that's
0: right well and you know sometimes it's the difficult person in the community who's the greatest teacher mm-hmm. right so, we... so um yeah, isn't that fair so can... <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. that's driving me crazy that i must have something really important exactly to to there we go
1: well and that's kind of a job description of the teacher
0: Exactly. I was wondering. I was wondering about that, Sensei. <laughs> Is that your job description?
1: Yeah, it's it's Catherine and mine. Uh, we both do it differently. Sure. Um, I I tend to have what we call drive by teaching. I I kind of catch people in the moment of some kind of curve in the in the line and mm-hmm. nudge them back to center. And I tend to do it spontaneously in a situation as it arises. Catherine is much more methodical. She lays in wait.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and bounces.
1: <laughs> she has a much more. I'm kidding. She has a much more a sense of a continuity of a line of development. Mm-hmm. So right. she'll watch the line move, um, and she'll kind of adjust the line as it goes. I tend to more right. hop in and out.
2: I, I really like the systems thinking approach. Yeah. Sure. To- Um, community working together and and also personal unfoldment. Mm -hmm. So we make
1: a good team, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. You guys are a great team. Thank you. So I was um, wanting to give the audience a little bit of uh, just a plug um, spontaneously. If you're ever thinking about look, you want to develop a more robust spiritual practice or formalize that practice in some way and or you're seeking a spiritual teacher, I have to say that um, Sensei and Catherine here are really powerful teachers. And I have seen the work that you've done with many of my own money coaching students as well as uh, certified money coaches that I've worked with and, and and others even who are part of the Sangha who aren't money coaches, but I've just worked with and, and uh, done coaching with over the years. So um, the center that Doug and Catherine are uh, the, the teachers of is called Clear Sky Meditation and Retreat Center and it is located in british columbia and some of the most beautiful country you could ever imagine and you can go there on a personal retreat or on a group retreat Um, it's very very cost effective and you can begin a practice and start sort of moving toward creating uh, your spiritual practice now as sensei said um, they come from the buddhism uh, tradition of Namjel, which is isn't that also crazy wisdom?
1: Well, you might call Vajrayana Buddhism or Tantricana Buddhism, Himalayan Buddhism. The
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know basically uh, like the Tibetans, you, you might call it crazy wisdom from the start because Vajrayana <clears throat> Vajrayana by definition is for people in a hurry, mm. um, so you can
0: get there faster
1: exactly and because it's faster you know wheels can come off or something so it's a little bit more fraught with um not danger per se but you know accidents happen uh theravadan buddhism is a much more uh slower vehicle in a sense of Mm -hmm. more cautious and more step by step and takes more time it's equally effective but you got to be have a you can't be in a big rush to get anywhere takes time. And we, uh, curiously enough, trace our lineage back to the Buddha through both traditions.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Our teacher's teacher was initially in the Theravadan system. He chases his lineage back to the Buddha. And then our teacher was initiated in the Vajrayana lineage and that traces its lineage back to the Buddha. So So it's kind of a hybrid. Yeah. So in that sense, we're a bit of hybrid. But I just want to mention also, is that we're very much involved in the Western Mysteries mm-hmm. as a path as well, uh, Kabbalistic and tarot. Rosicrucian and Tarot and so on. Astrology. So we're, we we try to use, and I love Sufism and Zen. Mm-hmm. Zen is really my. Basically,
0: thing. we use whatever works. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm getting to. That's
0: whatever what I really works. love about you guys is that there's an inclusiveness, you know, and it's not just about this is this is our. Uh, dogma and this is what we're sticking to. It's really expansive and inclusive and really unafraid to look at other ways of perceiving and growing and learning. And so that's a a really positive thing, I think.
1: Yeah, we do too. I guess that's why we do it, right? That's
2: right. Yeah. I'd like to add Deborah too. There's Our students uh, also have a really wonderful online course called Ignite Your Spiritual Life mm-hmm. that is really terrific for people who are yes. just beginning to... It, it's challenging to have a spiritual practice in the beginning for everybody. It right. takes a lot to develop new habits and discipline. And Ignite Your Spiritual Life was uh, is a course designed to help support people exactly in that, in that position, in that stage of life. Like, how do I start getting and keeping a a spiritual practice.
1: And that's run by Duncan Crowell and Karen McAllister. And I think Karen McAllister was one one of of your- She's one of
0: our coaches, absolutely. And Duncan is wonderful um, as well. So yeah, that's one of the things I'm really noticing is how you guys have sort of organically grown into this really being a teaching community. So you're offering teacher uh, classes online now, a lot of classes as well as in-person retreats. So that's another thing for all of you to be considering if you want, you know, that's what I hear from clients. And I also hear it from coaches. They want to be on a more spiritual path. They are interested in becoming more enlightened beings, but there's a challenge on as to how to begin. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a great place for you all to consider beginning. I would consider reading the book, that uh, Sensei and Catherine have written here called Wasteland to Pure Land, which you can find on amazon.com. And then, you know, go on to the Clear Sky Meditation and Retreat Center website, take a look at the classes and the workshops and the online courses as well that are being offered right now. Because there's lots of places that you can dip your toe in and have some experiences and start to Uh, grow into your spiritual practice without feeling so overwhelmed and like you have to change your whole life overnight and you know sit on a you know meditation cushion for five hours a day because we all know that's not realistic that's not going to happen but if you can get 10 or 20 minutes in a day or start a course or do something with um, Catherine and Sensei I think that you would find your life evolving so um, I would really hope for that for all of you. Tell us about this upcoming just, course just
1: add in a sec, here, Deborah. Sure. You can also go to planetdharma.com. Oh so yes, thank you. Clearskycenter.org clear uh, is our container, mm-hmm. and our, um, center. our center and planetdharma.com um, com is is uh, more directly Catherine and I. The okay. The, the teaching. So you and the teaching. Just, just to fill that in a bit.
0: <clears throat> and also, that's where you have a lot of information about Wasteland of Pure Land as well. So you can all um, order the book from there as well as Amazon. So um, tell us about your upcoming courses that you have that you're about to embark upon.
2: Oh, thanks, Deborah. And and just uh, before we go there, I'd like to say to people that if if you're beginning a uh, spiritual practice particularly a meditation practice and in particular if you don't have a teacher yet it's it's really recommended that you don't meditate very much every day mm-hmm. like five minutes a day ten ten minutes a day max because in the beginning meditation is very powerful and it takes time to understand how it works If you don't have the guidance of a teacher, but if you do five minutes a day, you can find some space in your life and and that's a good start, but it's, it's nice to know, oh, just five minutes a day. That's, that's manageable. And sign me up for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's also important to mention at this point that you can't really use meditation by itself to escape or avoid uh, emotional or psychological issues in your life. You can, no. you can you can kind of <laughs> shove them out of the way for a while and get this nice zone of comfort. Uh, but uh too many people use that meditation state to right. repress spiritual or spiritual bypass. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So the purpose of the teacher, really, a good teacher anyway, is to teach you to meditate and help you learn to meditate, but not let you spiritual bypass. And uh, that's why I guess Catherine and I can be a little irritating now and again.
0: Well, oh, and- I don't. I I know people who have worked with you for many many years, and I don't actually ever think I've heard them say that about you.
1: Oh, that's good. That's nice. Yeah. they're being kind.
2: Spiritual practices, really, it's a really a path of fearlessness. It's really mm-hmm. being willing to include everything in our lives and that doesn't make us busier it actually makes right. us less busy it because we can let things pass through and we're, we're not expending spend. all this energy keeping mm-hmm. things out right so we have more energy
1: rather than spending an hour going over our breakup with our last boyfriend we only spend 10 minutes
0: <laughs> right <laughs> thank god for that <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway our next course up is starts monday it's for four mondays it's online. It's on the joy of sex and relationships. And uh, then we have office hours every second oh, Sunday. Yes. Oh,
2: may I? Yeah, yeah. The office hours are where you can ask everything you've always wanted to know about spiritual practice and awakening, but we're afraid, afraid to, to, to ask, ask every, every second Sunday. And uh, people are welcome to come and listen. The recordings are available for a week. One week. And the online course, Joy of Sex and Relationships, it actually has a fair bit in common with your work, Deborah, which is mm. about how the society is changing faster than our biology is able right. to evolve. So sex the way that humans were built for sex and relationships is quite different from the <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. societal conditioning around them. And, and it's our belief that that causes a lot of the challenges that we face around sexuality and relationships. And if we have a better understanding of how we've evolved as a species and how our sexual behavior and relationship behavior has, has evolved, then, then we're not so upset when, when things show up like they do around sex and relationship.
1: Yeah. Humans are social animals as are the great apes and uh, social animals have a, have a, uh, a large number of what they call mirror neurons. And it's the mirror neurons that allow us to have empathy and to understand what's going on with someone else. And and it's very much developed in tribe and community. So the reason we're smart is because we're tribal. And -hmm. the reason we're tribal is the reason we're smart. And the problem with agriculture and what came after it was it kind of in some ways broke up the tribe, it broke up the community.
0: It, it very and, much
1: did. And and so it, it it's kind of in some ways made us a little dumb. So joy of sex and relationships mm-hmm. is an attempt to delineate our history a little bit more clearly so we can understand why we have these yearnings and why we have these problems. So that's that's kind of part of it. Sounds
0: fascinating. Then our,
1: our, as Catherine mentioned, our, our office hours, which we do every second Sunday, which you need to register for by the Friday, just so we know we have a quorum, um, is open to anyone.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, you can come and not ask a question, you can just listen, or you can ask a question, you can chat a question, you can put a question in and chat it we'll try to answer it. And like Catherine said, you have a week to watch it. um, And we do that every second Sunday. Then we have a retreat in December.
2: That's a pretty advanced retreat. This is
1: a very advanced retreat. It's two weeks and um, it's all, I think it's almost full anyway. But this is very much in the Tibetan tradition uh, for this year. Uh, and then we have an insight retreat coming up in the spring and more online Inside courses. Meditation. Mm-hmm. More online courses through next year.
2: And as you Fantastic. mentioned, Deborah, people can come to Clear Sky to our center. You can do your yeah. own personal, personal retreats. retreat you can come and and live with us for uh well almost uh, i was about to say as long as you'd like but that (laughs) sounds kind of
0: oddly open-ended so karma yoga so you're talking about the karma yoga program Yeah,
2: to get a taste of what it's like to live and work and practice together as a spiritual community
1: we we had one woman from california who wanted to do a, a personal retreat she went to thailand Uh, She found a place to meditate. She stayed two days. At
2: a temple there. At a temple.
1: She got on a plane because she couldn't meditate there. It was a zoo. It
2: was too noisy. And so so she she came here.
1: So she, then she had, she had a a very uh, joyful and pleasant. She liked her horse. Uh, Amazing. (laughs) retreat.
2: She did an internet search on the plane on her way back from Thailand and found Wow. and came straight to clear sky. And and had a great time. Oh, this is actually what I was looking for.
1: So, yeah. yeah, well, I love it there.
0: Way. I'm, as you know, way overdue myself. So
1: come, yeah, darling. <laughs> come. You. Yeah. Big arms as as I, here, Come.
0: I've actually thought that, depending upon how Robert's doing, that it would be good for us both to come.
1: Yes, that that'd be lovely. that would be lovely. Be
0: a good healing thing for him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so. that would, and yeah, beautiful. Please do if you can.
0: So I only have, I know I don't want to keep you because we only had an hour here and I know you have to hit the road. Um, So what I think I would like to do is just ask you if there's anything that you feel like you would like to close with um, a a thought or uh, an idea or something that the viewers could sort of take with them about what what are the ultimate benefits of working with a spiritual teacher and cultivating a spiritual path? Oh gosh, the
2: benefits are countless. Do you wanna go first? Um, No, you go ahead, I'm gonna reflect
1: on this. uh, Well, Catherine's thinking, I'm just gonna mention, we have something we call the challenges, they're they're in the book, Mm -hmm. Uh, but fundamentally, what holds us in place is a kind of a fixed, Identity—a fixed sense of who we are—and mm-hmm. every time we meet a challenge, that identity gets shifted and changed. Uh, there's nothing wrong with who we are; we're we're fine the way we are. But it does hold us kind of in a straitjacket of some type. And by meeting a challenge, you loosen off a strap or two of that straitjacket, which means you get more energy you get more joy, you feel less trapped, you wondered what the problem was in the first place. Mm -hmm. So then when you sit down to meditate, you integrate what you experienced there. And then the whole thing opens like a flower in the springtime. So challenges are an easy way uh, to make your first step towards a stronger meditation practice by finding out that the little thing, you couldn't give up coffee on Friday and you did, and it wasn't the end of the world. You actually felt pretty good. So I refer you to the challenges uh, there in the book and then the meditation. And then the, I think the other aspect is a teacher. I think teachers uh, and the teacher can be anybody really. But the, the, the key factor of a teacher is is that they're showing you something you didn't see before mm-hmm. or they're opening your mind to something you hadn't seen before. So insofar as you have a teacher in meditation, they're hopefully opening your mind to aspects of consciousness that you hadn't noticed or hadn't recognized before.
0: That's right. Beautiful. I think well, we all need that guidance and support.
1: Yeah.
2: We hear a lot about the benefits of meditation, about lowered stress and um, better relationships and um, feeling better and increased productivity. And, and all of those things have been very true in my own experience and i would say that that is just the tip of the iceberg that doesn't even come close to expressing yeah. the benefits of of a sincere spiritual practice it just gets better and better in so many different ways and so that's really what i wish for all your viewers mm-hmm. everyone watching or listening to this and that's why we do what we do to share that with more people so that more beings can benefit. And it's a it's a joyful, wonderful path. We love what we do and we love sharing it.
1: I remember being in a long, yeah, that's right. I remember being in a long retreat many years ago and I knew people were going to ask me when I came out uh, what it was like. So I, I kind of prepared a press release in my mind the day or two before I came out. And my press release is, well, the the deeper you go in meditation or the spiritual life, the less baggage you can take with you. But the benefit of that is it's actually the less baggage you need. Because if your spiritual life is in order, everything else tends to fall into order. And you actually don't have to carry nearly as much stuff with you as you thought you did.
0: Well, that is a very important Lesson that I think we all need to understand and you know I think people are afraid sometimes to unpack those bags (laughs) You know, it's like oh my god. I've had these bags. I've been carrying them around and there's a familiar comfort carrying those bags around and sometimes we have to understand that we're at choice Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and that um, I think especially as we get older that carrying those bags has increasing consequences. Um, That's true. So, uh, we're gonna leave you with the idea that, you know, just maybe the question to reflect upon, um, when is the last time you unpacked your bags? (laughs) And um, isn't it time to stop carrying all that around and finding another way of being in the world? So, I wanna thank you both, Catherine and Sensei. Um, Again, uh, we can go to planetdharma.com to learn more about uh, the teachings that uh, Sensei and Catherine offer and their powerful spiritual teachers. I know many of the students from the Sangha and also to learn more about Wasteland to Pure Land if you'd like to get a copy. I highly recommend it and or if you want to learn more about Clear Sky Meditation and Retreat Center, um, you can also go there and uh, learn more about that, and perhaps take yourself on a bit of a spiritual pilgrimage and uh, deepen your path as you go. So, want to just thank you, Namaste. Namaste. Uh, please have a wonderful, safe trip to Calgary, and we'll look forward to connecting with you. We'll do better this next time. <laughs>
1: so, we'll see you Monday, right?
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: right. Yeah. Look to that. You have a and great I'm weekend a, now. I'm sorry. You have a great weekend, and thanks to all your viewers for taking the time to walk this path with us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you both so much.
1: Thank
0: you. Bye Bye-bye. bye. Bye-bye. If this podcast resonated with you, we welcome you to visit www.planetdharma.com to explore more teachings and resources. To support our ongoing work and future podcasts, visit www.planetdharma.com slash generosity.